This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of Chewing the Cud. Uh, today, we're going to look back on the win last night against uh, Southampton at home and look forward to uh, Thursday's match away to West Brom, which is Thursday evening. I think it's 6.15 kickoff. Uh, full crew today again, joined by Chris, Colly, and Richie. Afternoon, gents. How are you, boys? How are things? Hey, Joe. How's things? How are you doing? All good, all good. Another, another win, lads. Uh, all good in the hood. So, we can into this, Colly. Uh, what it is, I know there's a saying, winning ugly. I think that's kind of winning ugly, ugly. That should be called, but... Listen, with it, like I said earlier, with it taking the, these winning ugly matches against West Ham, Leeds, Newcastle, Fulham, so three points in the bag, that's all that matters, really. Hey, nail hitting the head there, Joe, to be honest with you. Um, the game itself was dreadful to watch, but the, mo- the most important thing was the result and the three points at the end. And uh, I do honestly believe, Joe, that if he got that second goal, if that had been allowed, we probably w- would have gone on and won. Four or five nil, to be honest with you. Uh, Tyson Thompson got a bit of a uh, a kick uh, when that was disallowed. And look, sometimes they're on a good side; they're in a very poor run at the moment. So they're not just going to lay down and, and, and let us come onto them, you know. Um, I know, and you know, obviously I'm on the Irish Toffees WhatsApp page, and a few of the lads were giving out about the performance, and justifiably so. Joe didn't think we actually got out of second gear. Uh, to be honest with you, um, Charleston. Excellent, took his goal really well. Um, but I think the most thing, the, the most important thing last night is that we got the three points uh, and we brought that monkey off our back of you know I think it would have been four home wins or defeats on the spin. Um, so that's you know you, you got it. Alan got ninety minutes in his legs. Another positive. Same with Dominic. Dominic got ninety minutes in his legs. So there was a few positives to come out last night, Joe. I have to say, and look, we won. <laughs> We won, that's the main thing. Uh, we won one nil. That's my only concern. My only downside to uh, last night is our, our goal column is quite low compared to the other teams around us, uh, and that may it may come into it may come into the reckoning towards the end of the season. But look, all we can do is, is uh, beat the player, beat the team in front of us, and, and we beat we beat Southampton, and we go on now to Dinosaur's team on Thursday. But look. <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't a Barcelona esque type uh, performance, but the main thing for me is that the three points are on the board and we're moving on up the table. And you look at the table now, Joe. Uh, I would have given that at the start of the season, oh, any day of listen, the week. Well, listen, wouldn't we all? Barcelona esque. I think it was Wimbledon esque. <laughs> 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 I think Rich, the main thing about last night's game was we said it going into it. It's a most most win, most win. Listen, and like I said after the match last night. It's not going to be any on any DVD highlights reel or Premier League years and years to come. No one cares. Three points. So it, it, it'll be forgotten about very quick. But the important thing, as I said, was to get to win. The back-to-back wins, back-to-back clean sheets. And there is a lot of positives. It wasn't the best performance, but it's all about the result and, and moving on. I think Collie went through most of it. The positives kind of getting Alan 90 minutes, getting Don 90 minutes. I, I mean... It was a strange game because it wasn't as if we were very poor, but we just weren't very good either. That it was just one of those and the game kind of dragged on. You know, we were very comfortable for the first 25 minutes until we kind of got that second goal disallowed. And then we kind of set back and it seemed to spark them to life a small bit. 
I think we kind of expected them to press us a little higher and we kind of were left with the ball at the back and not knowing what to do with it, expecting them to press and then to beat the press and it just kind of changed our our game plan slightly but we controlled it and, and apart from the last five minutes Southampton didn't offer much of a threat to be honest you know that they were for me I thought I thought they were really poor that they, they got up into the, into the final third maybe but had no imagination but that's credit to our defending again you know we were really organ, organised I thought Alan was very good for his first game back just the, the ground he covers in that area he's reading it again is just fantastic you know the amount of interceptions and then just looking to bring us forward I thought our, our passing was poor enough on the night you know we just kind of kept turning the ball over giving it back to them but it was one of them we, we got away with it we didn't have to be to be above ourselves and look it's all about getting the, getting the points and moving on to, to another game and, and on Thursday night yeah yeah so it's just the, the sloppiness of it all Chris Coney and then like Collie said if we got the second we could have went down and won three or four but it's just it's just the sloppiness of it all that kind of sticks with me I'm not going to moan it but we just we have to talk about it there's a lot of passes given away especially by the midfield yeah I'll meet you on that one Joe I suppose my overall feeling after the game was relief um, mm. look it was a dreadful game to watch but I think the order of the day was if you go back to Ancelotti's pre-game com- um, comments he mentioned that if we had have defended properly in previous home games, even if they did all finish nil-nil, we would have got four extra points. So mm-hmm. I think the basis was defend well, we get our goal and then game manage and control the game. And, you know, after the second, after the disallowed goal, we were we were never really under huge pressure. You know, we, we did defend quite well and we were in control and they didn't have a shot on target till the 90th minute. But, um, you know, you, so you can understand from the manager's perspective, he's relatively happy. But as fans, it's, you know, look, we all kind of get over emotional. I'm guilty of it, you know, over emotional after games. And you're, you're easy to kind of look at performances and individual players and that. But, you know, waking up this morning and Everton won again, three points on the boards, game in hand, like we're in great shape. So mm. kind of these, these nitty gritty wins are the difference between sixth and eighth in the league you know 100% and we're still not playing we're not playing great football we know we're not playing great football I think we've only had more than 60% possession in seven games this year and we've lost five of them so we're not we're not great with the ball whatsoever I, but the disappointments I had was I did think our ball retention was so poor again and mm. I think the last 15 minutes of the first half and leading into the second half, they start winning all of the 50-50s and the breaking balls and starting being able to play around us a lot more. And um, it, it, It's a tough watch. You know, as I said before, as fans, we're on the edge of our seat as they're getting down near the edge of the box. But the players are comfortable in that system, defending well and they're composed and they're familiar with it now. And, you know, they all, they've got, they all done well in fairness. But you'd like to see us show a bit more from an attacking perspective going forwards because it's just, it's, it's nail biting. There's <laughs> never an easy night down to the very last minute. Now I know I had a one all in my prediction, but honestly the worry is when you don't kill the game, it only takes one chance like that at the end. Mm. Or an error. And yeah, exactly. But in other games, we mightn't get away with it. So it is small margins. So, 
I just think the way we're set at the minute, it's based on defending because we don't have the players, I don't think, to play an open game and keep that defensive solidity. Maybe when Alan is back up, up and running, you notice how we press from the front a lot more, which was mm. we stopped them kind of playing out from the back. And uh, we were a bit more direct from the back ourselves in order to beat their midfield press. So you can kind of see what the tactic was. And then, you know, when the b- direct ball went up, we had Richie alongside Dom to win the breaking ball and pick up the scraps. So you could see at least, unlike previous games, you could kind of see what we were trying to do and how we set out to try and win the game, mm-hmm. which was good. But now look, I'm, I'm happy, of course. After the derby as well, the, the, the good week we had, it's another positive few days in Everton land. So... Yeah, and your left, of course, mind again, Chris. That's all that matters. Once you're the end of the season, they want to update me passport. I won't be thinking about that Southampton <laughs> game, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's strange, Collie, that like there's 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 two Everton's at the moment, like the the Everton that play away, and I, I think Chris got a spot on there that we're we're happy to let teams have the ball, but when teams like turn the tables on us, when they're happy to let us have the ball. I'm not saying we're crap at it, but we just don't have that invention really to kind of to, to kill team. Like last night, Southampton just kind of sat there. We were expecting them to come out and, and have a go, and they just didn't do it. Absolutely atrocious. I think they, they'd slip down and get into relegation zone soon enough, but not about them. Uh, but there just seems to be two Everton at the moment. Strange. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Um, I, I would also agree with Chris. I don't think we have the players uh, yet. Mm. Uh, Angelotti would like uh, so the system that we are playing at the moment suits the players that we have at the moment. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think it's all down to the the personnel that we have, Joe, in the squad. But you know, of course, every team wants to, we, every fan wants to see their team playing attractive football, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and. We're not in the Martinez era either. You know, the kind of way where it was pretty much gung-ho. So, do you take three points and, you know, a nerve-wracking game over a game that could go 5-4? And we've all experienced these type of games, Joe. You know, the kind of way. So, it's a tough one. I I do think it comes down to to, to personnel in the squad and and that we just don't have it. so, yeah, two evidence is right. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about tours tonight now, later on in the pod, but it'll be interesting to see which way he, he, he uh, lines up. But it suggests it's probably going to be much the same, Joe, to be honest with you, bar to be a, a, quite a, a number of uh, changes to personnel on tours tonight. But I, I, I would suggest the system will, will be the same um, mm. and let them try and come on to us. And given, obviously, the rivalry between ourselves and Anyway, that, that other man that I won't mention. Um, it'd be interesting just to see how Carlo uh, does set up, you know? Yeah. Just going back to last night's game, uh, Carly, or Richie, sorry. Um, the bench was very, very strange. You know, we said last week the Carlo poker face before the derby. Jesus Christ, he holds his cards close to his chest. All right, nobody's seen that coming. There wasn't a mention of the, the three lads being injured, like James, Davis and Seamus. Yeah, and it looks really light when you take out a couple of bodies. Just our, our squad is that tight at present, you know. So you take mm. out the three, you take out Olsen, and Delph has gone AWOL again with some other kind of an injury, you know. We're gone. So, I mean, you take out what you would classify as five 
first team squad players, you know, and you could see with a lot of the youngsters that were thrown in, but it was kind of frightening to see it because you're saying, geez, we're in trouble here, you know, without any bit of strength and depth. But, and you could see, I suppose, he was, I think, it was the first sub he made, 87, was it Wobi the first sub yeah. he put on? But yeah, I know it's strange, like, where, where do you change it? What do you do when, when that's your options? To be fair to a Wobi when he came on, he held the ball really well. <laughs> you know, he, he was ideal for that kind of running it down, but... Our, yeah, I mean, our options were very, very limited for to change a game like that as well, looking for something different, which is, I suppose it just shows that we still have work to do in the market as well, looking to, to make sure that we are strong in the partners. Because if you're going adding European football to, you know, to, to, to this, to a squad that tight, you know, we'd be in serious trouble. But yeah, I mean, he said that they all had kind of light knocks, you know, you'd presume if it wasn't that he had them on the bench anyway, just in case. You know they were needed, but yeah, straight strange one without without a word of anything. You know, yeah, I think that's that's I think that's going to be the way going forward now, Chris. Cully said it before. We can guess all we want what Carlos going to do, but no one, no one actually has a clue until the team news is shown. But um, yeah, Alan, it's great to see him back. I must say, and to get ninety minutes, Chris, that was unbelievable. No, he uh, he he wasn't spectacular, but he got ninety minutes. That's all that matters. He had the most ball recoveries, 13 ball recoveries. <laughs> He's, he was a bit rusty, which is to be expected mm. after being ten, out for... Listen, 10 weeks off, yeah. Uh, you know, but he, he still covered the ground so well. He was... he done what he'd done. He, he was a bit sloppy on the ball. Mm. A few, few stray passes or got caught in possession once or twice, but in terms of his defensive play and pressing and closing down and chasing fellas out to the sideline, he was... He was what we've missed. It's great the energy him and the core bring to the side. Great to see him back. And there was a few nervy moments there where he had to stretch a leg and was like, oh, it was his hamstring. But he <laughs> looks like he came through uh, unscathed, which is great if we can keep a land fit because he offers us, he just offers us a different, a different way of playing. You know, we wouldn't have been really pressing high up on Southampton last night if we didn't have Alan. He just covers the ground a bit quicker than Davis as mm-hmm. as well as Davis has been doing. Um you know, now he just gives that bit of flexibility and you know it'd be interesting when Tom is back if Tom does sit in the six and he sits uh Alan in a in ahead of him because we've seen in games before he got injured, notably the Leicester game and um, before he went off injured that he, he's really good on the ball. He can carry the ball forward and he's a good range of pass and he's a lot more than just a, just a grafter and a, mm. you know, a hard hitter. So, yeah, look, great to have him back. Just going back to uh, mentioning the subs there about what is something that's interesting thinking about is like we've had a lot of rotation this year. Carlo, as you said, with his poker faces and he's saying a player is fit to start and then they don't play and vice versa. But, you think he's he's managed the squad fairly well, you know. When you consider oh, yeah. like Barmine and now, hopefully this week West Brom will have more or less a full full set of full squad to work with. Whereas look at Leicester, they're crippled with injuries now, ran themselves into the ground. Liverpool don't have any injuries, um, other, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But a lot of clubs like Grealish is injured. All these kind of all these clubs now they're getting a lot more injuries because of the just the sheer volume of games and a lack of rotation. So, you know, arguably we find ourselves in a, a decent position with our squad. So 
you know, over 13, 14 games to go. So, I mean, if we can keep everybody, everybody fit and a lot of like Richie hitting form, Alan back. So, we seem to be hitting, hitting form at the right time, you know. Mm. I think that's the key now going forward, Collie. That, uh, I know talking about last game, but we can flip in and out. The key going forward now is just uh, no major injuries. That's the, and and it's going to come that it will be squad rotation, which just on that, I don't think Alan will probably start, maybe Torty, maybe Tom Dave will come back in. But uh, yeah, it's just to, just to keep the injuries to a minimum, really, really a minimum. Yeah, Joe, and I completely agree with you. For me, there's no way Alan starts on Thursday. Uh, he'll he'll save him for uh, Monday night, isn't it? With Chelsea, mm, Chelsea yeah. just uh, going back on on the Suns bench last night. Um, I know there was obviously Ryan Astley on Iago and um, Nathan Broadhead was on the, uh, so three young lads, but he also had players on the bench that could come into various positions. So. We weren't, in my mind, now again, I could be looking at this completely wrong, but we weren't, you know, he could could have brought on a Wobie to play a number of positions. It's the same way, and he could have moved in. It's not ideal, I, I understand that, but, you know, he could have, um, he, he could have brought on, I think Bernard was on, was on the was on the bench as well. Mm. So there were players there that could, Josh King. could fill him. Josh King as well, yeah, sorry, I mm. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't think of the other player. Uh, so there were players on the bench, Joe, that, that could make a difference in various uh, positions. So, yeah, look, we all got a shock and, and you know, Twitter land just illuminated, I think, when, when the, at seven o'clock, when, when the team was yeah, announced. Yeah, but, what's, what's, that, that's a regular yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, again, you know, I've, Tried unsuccessfully for most of this podcast this season to try and second guess Carlo, and I'm still nowhere near it, you know, that kind of way. So I don't think any anyone will second guess him. And even come Thursday, you know, I, I suspect uh, Davis will be back and, you know, players will, will return from miraculously recover from their, their light injuries. And, and he plays mind games. And, you know, Ferguson used to do this, you know, with Joe. And, and, you know, maybe as fans, we shouldn't take everything that Carlo says with a pinch of salt, let's say. Mm. Yeah, I think listen, we're never ever going to uh, this Carlo Ancelotti rich, but uh, he just has this way. Uh, he doesn't actually give a crap what the media think, or uh, maybe he doesn't care what we think. It's, he's there to do a job, and he and he's doing it well. Like, listen, if someone had a set to you going into March, you'd be like level on points or Liverpool with a game in hand, knocking on the top four. But he said, listen, get back into your rubber room. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 100%. And look, the way the way things have gone so far, it's very hard to argue with anything. Um, I think that's one of our strengths is that uh, teams don't know kind of... We were so flexible in setup and everything that they don't really know how to prepare against us because, mm. you, you, you know, we, we've set up in so many different ways kind of throughout the season. So I think that's one of the benefits. And the less that he says kind of about who's available and who's not available because you can do so much homework kind of about us as we try to do and to try to kind of figure out what, what could be but the same the same way as in, as another kind of opposition manager they haven't a clue like because you know he, he can just pull anything out of it and I suppose you've seen it with, with other clubs that you just try to keep as much kind of within the camp even the likes of the Grealish injury that they tried to kind of bury it so that it, so that it didn't get out ahead of time and things like that mm. the less kind of that opposing teams kind of know so it just gives you that little benefit 
because they'll set up one way for a certain player or whatever. Next thing he's not there. It's supposed the same way as you look at the derby and Liverpool were expecting probably uh, Dom up front, you know, and it wasn't there. And, and it just kind of changes something straight away, you know, who are you pick and what are you doing? So, yeah, look, I, I, I've kind of gone to the stage right now where these press conferences that it's just kind of in one ear, out the other. It's just kind of the, the injury news is kind of what you kind of listen in for, see if there's anything else. But you have to take, take it all with a pinch of salt because... You know, I, I don't believe too much of it, to be honest. <laughs> I think he just said, you know, it's the same press conference all the time. Oh, and, and if someone asks about Gabamon again, I'm actually <laughs> going to throw something at the television. It's just ridiculous <laughs> at this stage. It really is. But uh, we get back into the last night's game, Chris. Uh, the goal, actually, very, very similar to the, the, the first goal at, at Anfield. A uh, couple of bobbly headers, uh, Sigurdsson, like, pulled it down and it was like I said, it was a carbon copy. Pulled it down, little pass in, half volley into Rico, back and left, bang, bang, bang. Brilliant. And I said, This is it now. Here we go. Gonna be three, four cigars will be out. And that was it. But what a goal. What a goal. That's why we have to try and get Richie up aside uh Calvert Leon as much as we can because the five goals he's gotten his last few games, they've all been by the scrappy one against City, I suppose, but Clinical, lethal finishes. He's a little finisher. Mm. Unbelievable goal. And I was thinking back, um, you know, we mentioned Hamez done the same thing at Anfield last week. And, you know, we, we've, we've always had this debate about Rodriguez. Like, he's there for those kind of moments. He mightn't dominate a game or do a whole lot in the game, but to be able to take that pass down at Anfield and play Richie in and, you know, that set us on our way. That's why he's there. But, and the same logic we put to Sigurdsson. But this, that's my point. Like, it's it's the, basically the exact same pass, the exact same takedown pass in. So, uh, we're not talking about Sigurdsson today, but yet after Derby, we're talking about James, Chris. So, I just don't... Would he get a free pass every week because he's James Rodriguez? Yes, it, it would be the answer, but you know what I mean? No, I'm not saying, like... Like, you know, give him a f- I'm not having a go with Hamez, but the point I'm is... No, no, like, no, neither am I. I'm just saying that if he had done that, doesn't get the same been, credit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly. So, like, that's what Sigerson's there for. He sh- mm. He's not a deep-lying player. We know he shouldn't be. He's no good defensively, but... But last night, on the ball, he was, he was good on the ball. I thought his set-pieces were all on point. His free kicks, his corners... It was a, another great assist, and he, he puts the miles in. He runs in yeah. fairness to him, you know. It's just he hasn't got much pace, so when, when the, somebody goes around him or gets by him, he can't make up the ground, and that's where we're kind of we're left a bit exposed. But he, he's, re, he's been consistent recently, yeah. you know, in the last I mean, six or seven assists, and is going back to probably since he scored against Sheffield United, you know, so... I don't know whether we're too hard on him at times. Maybe like we don't know what job he's he's been asked to do. But I mean, obviously the manager rates him. He keeps putting him in, and he's been effective in the ten role mm. recently. You know, so we've always pointed a finger at him for consistency, and he's starting to show a bit of bit of consistency now. So I mean, what, what can you what can you say if, if he maintains it well? I'm sure he's going to get another year extension on his contract, but he's capable. He's he's more than capable of it. He has great vision and a great. 
he's a great uh, you know technique on him so he has, the only time he's had a penalty around this season he's put them away as well he hasn't really let us down in that respect so you know keep it going I think that the, the, the reason he gets criticism Colly, is because uh, when he's played like deeper like as you say like a six he's, he's just not effective there and his defensive qualities are they're not they're not great to be honest but if he's played forward or forward, like he can see, like last night, he can see a pass. Uh, Joe, to be honest with you, and this is something I've talked about over the last couple of seasons with Sigerson. I the biggest uh, thing with Sigerson was his price tag, which he had nothing to do mm. with. If mm. Sigerson had been 21 million, 18 million, we wouldn't. I personally don't think the fan base would be going on about Sigerson as much as they have to do. I think that price tag has been his biggest issue since he joined the club. And I also think he has, to, I think he's very, I think, again, it's only my opinion. I think Carlos sees something in him in in in, in respect to the dressing room and, and the influence he has on other players around the dressing room because I often see people saying, oh, what's, Sigerson must have something on Carlos because he's picked them every game. There has to be something that he's very good at in the background, be it, you know, from a captain's point of view, be it, you know, motivating other players or arm around players at certain times that we as a fan base just don't see it. Maybe that's the reason. And totally, I think Chris hit the nail on the head. He puts some amount of mileage in on the pitch uh, on uh, for the time that he's on the pitch. Um, you only have to look at some of the stats going down through the seasons. Like he doesn't, in fairness to the chap, he doesn't stop running. Um, is he a six? Definitely not. Um, he should be in a, a 4 3 one, 2 for me. And we've seen that last night that he can pick a pass. But then you have the dilemma then is can you play the two of them, Hamas and, and Sigerson in the same pitch or in the same team? I personally don't think so, Joe, to be honest with you. Um, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think he has the legs for a six or an eight. Um, but look, uh, but I think it definitely for me, the biggest issue with Sigerson with, with the fan base has been his price tag. Which unfortunately he had nothing to do at the time. That was just Steve Walsh just went loopy, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why you watched Richie. The, the interview I spoke about last week with uh, Holgate and Ben Godfrey, they did. Yeah. But Richie and and they mentioned Sixon as like the best trainer, the best like focus player, like in training. Like even he does work after training on his own. He, he works on like his left foot, his corners, his free kicks. So he's he's obviously putting the graft in. Yeah, the minimum to be perfectionist that he just puts yeah. in so much kind of graph kind of outside of the of the actual training and stuff. And it they didn't have to think about it, you know, because mm. they were saying, does Dom I think someone asked the question, does Dom do this to, to improve? And obviously they said he does, but they said as uh, someone who doing the extras and things that Gilfi was kind of streets ahead of everybody at the club mm. for the work rate that he puts in. So I mean the manager, this doesn't go amiss to a manager and, and stuff like that. And as Ancelotti you spoke about his intelligence and kind of rates him as a manager in, in, in the future and stuff as well. But yeah, for me it's all about positioning. You know, you play a fella in, in his right position. We've said it yeah. before, but if he's playing him behind that he that that he's capable of doing some some very good stuff for us. You know, he has done it and it's just about kind of getting him there. I, I agree. I don't think himself and Hamas play in the same side, but you know, Hamas isn't one that's going to play 38 games a season. So, so, yeah. you, so you're going to need to. And you know, even playing 90 minutes, he rarely does it. So he, he can be a very valuable asset for him because he has that ability to just pick something out. And for me, last night, he was really good. I mean, as you said, the ball down, 
brilliant and you know created four really good chances as well ran himself into the ground pressed high up front and I think having Alan in the side as well just allowed him to do that you know that he was kind of worried about a little bit of space behind because Alan was covering a lot more ground kind of over and back so I suppose it's finding balance between everybody but yeah I mean it's very I, I, I thought he was okay last night hard to find fault with him yeah, there's no standout uh, performances last night, but I thought some of the different, it's, it's the way you see different fans see different matches, but I thought Gomez done pretty well last night, Chris, to be honest. I thought he's one one of the better players, and when he was taken off, I was a bit surprised, to be honest, but uh, I think he's, he's getting there slowly but surely. I thought in possession he was good. Um, he used the ball well when he had it for the majority Switched to play well at times and link play fairly well. So, yeah, look, it was one of his better performances. The issue again is when we don't have the ball with the likes of Gomez and Sigurdsson with our lack of pace and covering the kind of ground. If we if we get caught out of position or if we turn possession over, that's where we where we tend to get exposed. But I don't think he's done a whole lot wrong, to be honest with you. Know so he seems to be playing him on the kind of the left side of the midfield tree now at the minute and sort of uh, the car kind of covers the right flank. So we, we were quite narrow last night. There was a mm. few times Luca Dean sort of got the ball out on the left and because we were playing the two up front of Diamond, we didn't really have anyone in front of him. So I still think, you know, as Collie said earlier, we're, we're still missing a few ingredients to the team, like a pacey, right winger, whether it be Max Aaron or right back, whether it be Aaron's or a quick winger, will just give us that extra dimensional uh, dimension of our play to be able to kind of play higher up the pitch and maybe press more as a unit. But, uh, no, look, look, if, if we get into Europe next season, players like Sigurdsson and Gomez are going to be players that are going to be valuable members of the squads. Mm. Especially in kind of European games, they won't probably won't be as as physical as maybe the Premier League is. The pace will be a bit slower, and the likes of Gomez when he has time on the ball, he's a great range of passing, and he turns well, he holds the ball well. So it's about kind of building a squad. And Carlo shown his faith in 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 the likes of Gomez, and like he's done with Tom Davis and Gilfi. It's only going to kind of build their confidence and build their trust and get more out of them, you know? So, yeah, look, it's a squad game. So, he's been, uh, he's done what he's asked in recent weeks when he, when he's been called upon. Like, Carlo, mm. differently than we do, you know? We want to, yeah. we want them to be picking up the ball and, you know, charging forward and splitting defences and maybe having attempts on goal and get goals and assists. But, we don't really know what Carlos asking him from a, a tactical point of view, you know. Mm. Even at Liverpool last week, he, he got booked and he was, you know, he was a bit, bit dangerous, uh, you know. But, <laughs> but tactically, he could just be asking him, I want you here as part of the, the overall unit. Keep your shape, force them inside or force them out widely. We don't really know the instructions he's been given. So from the manager's point of view, Gomez is doing what he's asked or Sigerson mm. is doing the role he's asked well, you know. So, no, look, I, I couldn't really fault him. I thought it was one of his better games, personally. Yeah, I think that's a great point, actually, Collie, that uh, these lads are just doing exactly what they're told. Not what we want them to do. Not that they would, anyway, but Carlos just saying, listen, you're in the team to do this job and this job only. And they're doing it. More, yeah. more, more often than not. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Um, 
and, and, and Chris has said, right, Joe, in relation, we, we obviously would love to see uh, Gomez marauding all over the pitch and picking possible. He's probably been given a definite set of instructions to, to, to do before the game kicks off. And, and mm. you know, he, not only last night, Joe thought Gomez has been quite good over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's, getting, he's getting there. There's he's a consistent there. level uh, starting to emerge from him, you know, and um, I, I just one player, Joe, I'd like to mention just before uh, is Pickford. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I watched just literally just before we started the pod today. I watched a, an interview. He was interviewed after the game last night, and I, I said on the pod last week he's coming across as someone very different in a good way. Uh, he seems mm. very very relaxed, and even good to see him on the interview. And like, it's totally different Pickford say to what I had expected. I've never really seen him being interviewed in the past. Very level headed, very uh, you know down to earth. Um, you know, and he he said basically in the interview, and it's it's well worth to watch. He basically said that you know the home form hasn't been good enough, and they needed to to, to rectify that. And he's talking about European chance, chances and top four, and looking forward to tours to But He also, in the other breath, said that or he hinted that like he could be rotated on tours to you know the kind of able. It's definitely just something, like, and obviously to save at the end, uh, you know. And he mentioned that in the interview, like he, he, he was doing nothing for what 75 minutes. And then obviously they knew Southampton were going to come onto us, you know. And he says, that's the hardest game for goalkeepers when, you know, but you have to keep your concentration to the 96, 97 minute until that final whistle goes. And it just seems to be a changed, you know, the, the psyche maybe has yeah. changed somewhat. I don't know whether you, you guys agree with me or not, but definitely noticing a different uh, Pickford and, and long may it continue, you know, and he just seems to have his head screwed on and he knows exactly what, what uh, the club want from him and what he needs to give to, to continue progressing, you know? Yeah, I think we spoke about this last week, Holly, um, Rich, his, the main fault of Pickford was, was his concentration levels. That's, that was like, uh, and it's cost us like loads of, we're not going to go back over. Mm. We all know what happened and what he's doing and all this. But Richie, it, he just like Holly said, he just seems to be a different fella since since the break he had. Whether now whether it was injury or whether like Carlo took him out of Fortnite for a few weeks or I know uh, we spoke. He's he's meeting with some psychologists. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But he's just a different a different fella. Yeah, I mean another really good performance last night. Just solid. I mean. And that's I think, all you want yeah and I think Collie touched on it it's the concentration because for a keeper we're staying clued in kind of after having nothing to do for, for 90 minutes you know to put uh, to come up with a save like that and a couple of crosses came in there was one that kind of may have flapped that but his punching was good his kicking was really good last night and yeah I mean he just looks kind of focused which is kind of what you want and it's another game to build on I think right now he just needs to kind of keep building kind of through the end of the season and putting these performances together and again start becoming someone that we're not talking about we know what he's capable of because we went through it all last week after a brilliant performance against Liverpool and it's another one to build on now I thought City as well to be fair bar that third goal he was really good so it, it does you know have the You'd have to hope that he's after turning a bit of a corner with with the break and everything. But I think for me, he just needs to kind of keep going one game at a time, you know. And he will be rotating out, taking those breaks. But he's he's been really good, you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's the key. Chris knows that he needs to do this for six, seven, eight games in a row, and, and just just be at, like Richard said. We don't want to. No, we don't want to be talking about your keeper actually at all. 
which means he's, he's actually doing a quite an all right job. So if we don't talk about picking from now to the end of the season, he's doing his job properly. Erlo mentioned it, um, I think it was his post-game interview last night, he was asked about Pickford and he just said he's calm. And the way, he, the way he said it, it was implying that earlier on in the season he wasn't, he was a bit erratic and he was losing concentration, but he's in a good moment at the minute and, you know, he's calm and he's focused. So, like you said, if you go back to his first season, we know what he is capable of as a keeper. He's a great shot stopper when he's on it and, you know, he, he his distribution last night especially was Bob on. He played some great 30-yard passes right to feet and, you know, he put the ball up to Dom for the goal, so you can't, you can't, uh, you know, no fuss. That's you just want them to do the basics. No, nothing dramatic, nothing too flash. Just catch the ball when you have to catch it, punch it when you have to punch it, save it when you have to save it. Keep tuned in, and I think this sports psych- uh, psychologist, <laughs> I think the sports psychologist is having an effect on him because you know, if he yeah. makes a save, he goes and he has a sip of his water bottle then. And then he, that's it, he's back in. So, like, it, he, he has these little techniques now to stop him from kind of switching off yeah. or losing his head, just keeping keeping himself on a kind of a calm, you know, level. So, um, yeah, confidence as well. He just seems to be building up a bit of momentum, a couple of clean sheets. He's had some good performances. You know, he's calm, he's confident. So, look, hopefully he just keeps... He just keeps being consistent now and doesn't throw anything into the net, you know, because I'll set him mm. back another few weeks. But like any team that wants to achieve anything, it doesn't matter who you are. There's going to whether you're Man City or you're Barcelona, there's going to be games where your keeper, it, like last night, doesn't have a whole lot to do. But that one save they do make is what is what makes them, yeah. you know, who, where they are in the yeah. league. They're the points that really matter come the end of the season that, as I said, are the difference between those two points we could have lost last night at the end. That could be the difference between sixth and eighth come the end of the season. So, look, that's what you're expecting. Teams are going to get chances against you, but, you know, if they do get past your defence or, like, the chance Southampton got, it was, it was spawny, like, it was a few bobbles, a ricochet, you know, when it drops... Uh, Dropped to Vestergaard or whatever, and Pickford was out. I was just, just going to say, I'm glad I dropped to him and not Danny Ings or someone. Because yeah, <laughs> well, no, look, he he was he was brilliant. So you know, big games coming up, 14 games. So kick on, hopefully he kicks on because we don't want to be criticising them. We, we as fans, no. we don't. You know, we want them to do well, and we want all our players to do well and play consistently to their potential. Because there's something there for us this season. There, there really is. And it, it's going to go to the wire. There's going to be small margins now from the end of the season. Every game's a big game. So we can't afford any stupid mistakes or lapses in concentration or complacency. Any, whether it's Pickford or anybody mm. in the team, you know? Yeah. I thought the back four as a, as, as a unit is okay, Collie, last night. There was nothing. I thought as, to, as much as I was worried about Danny Ings was absolutely stripe. I don't know what, I just don't think his head's his head's there. I know there's a sniffer sniff of him uh, going out in January, but I don't think he's a happy camper Joe there. Oh no, no, you could see you could actually yeah. see it in him. He just doesn't look arsed. And then he was dropped there last week, so I don't know whether there's a run in with the management. This that's Southampton's problem. But the back forward, without being spectacular, just just did a job really. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously the two lads in the middle, uh, um, and then obviously Keno, I, I say, was directing the play. Thought, mm. you know, well, many times can we say just how good Ben Godfrey is, you know, and surely he has to be in line for a, a, an international call up, Joe, you know, and I hope, Mason, I hope not. <laughs> no, I hope not either, but you know, it, it just seems inevitable, you know, and. I think I do think I do oh. agree with Chris. I think a right full is needed in the summer. I don't think Mason is your is your uh, is your uh, right full going forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Shame is. I, I suspect Shame's will be back for Thursday night. Um, but yeah, now back four, and then obviously the two lads up front, and and uh, yeah, I t- 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 thought you were excellent. And, and look, whatever came in their way, they were able to lap it up. And but I think. I don't think now Godfrey. I think I don't think he could drop Godfrey now going forward, Joe. I think we've thirteen or fourteen games left, and he has to start every, provided he's fit enough. But he just seems to be a machine at the moment, and you know. So think about him, like he can play anywhere across that back forward. He he can just slot in anywhere, which I think he has done at this stage. He's played every position across the back four. Yeah, he has done. I mean, to be honest, when you look at the whole options at the back there's none of them that you'd be too worried about kind of putting in or putting out Mina will come back mm-hmm. in he'll play games Coleman will come back in and yeah I mean it's it's the one place that I think we're, we're, we're covered in all areas that you're not kind of I won't say worried about losing anyone you don't want to be losing players but you know if someone has to come in to rotate or for whatever reason hopefully it's not injury that you know you, you have every confidence in, it, in, in them stepping up to it but yeah I mean they're starting to play as a unit a lot more kind of those 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 bodies but um, their shape has been really good and they just look really comfortable defending they just want to defend and, and, and really good at it um, I thought Keane was unlucky he could have had a hat-trick yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that um, on another day you know definitely would have had two just really unlucky but um, and I, that, that's down I think our set plays Dini and Sigurdsson as well some of the boys they put in were fantastic last night um, but yeah I mean you can't fault any defenders I mean again it was probably an easy enough night for him you know, yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't there was a whole no, lot of nothing there. There's no threat from them whatsoever. There wasn't, no. I mean, when you see Ings kind of dropping way deeper, kind of looking for it, you know, it, it, it suits them to have him dropping off. So, uh, yeah, it was, I won't say comfortable night, but yeah, it was handy enough, I suppose. The Tory defended set pieces very well. He gave away yeah. 10 corners again, and that war Prowse is normally spot on with pretty much all his delivery. So, we defended set pieces very well, but we just seem to have this trend of giving away 10 corners a game. You'd be on the edge of your seat every time, oh, too, yeah. in, the, in the 90th minute. Jesus Christ, I look like Alan after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, Chris. As much as we we, we give the defence credit, uh, the corner count now is just creeping up. And the, but this is giving teams chances. I know they weren't taken like, in the last few matches, but that's just one slight little worry that I'll get that. It's just that we kind of sit too deep inviting teams on and then they're getting corners, getting free kicks. So I don't know. Again, it's not a moan, it's just a point that I that I can see over the last few games. The lads seem comfortable enough defending them. We generally Mina's out at the minute, but we're, you know, we're generally we're very good there, really with Kane, Mina, Godfrey, um Richie comes back, Calvert Leon, so Generally, we're very good, sort of in both boxes from set pieces. But as a fan, it's it's oh. nerve wracking to watch in the last couple of minutes and there's corners being popped into the box. But I just think it's a result of the way we're defending them. Like it's good in respect that we're not 
you know, we're blocking crosses and we're not letting teams get attempts on goal because we're forcing them out wide and we're getting tackles in and getting blocks in. Mm. When you sit kind of when you sit defensively deep, that tends to happen. I think as well, like we do give away sloppy free kicks in the middle, but I think some of them are clever. Some of the free kicks are clever, you know. It kind of mm. team if we turn the ball over and a team is kind of countering us, like Gomez or pulls someone back or Richie, we just a little little cheap. Fernandinho was a like genius a, at it. Take one he for does, the team. Bell, he yeah. does six or seven of them a game and he doesn't get booked. Mm. Just little cheeky fails to stop their momentum, break the game up, get everyone back into shape. So I think we're we're being clever tactically as well. I just think last night we were just caught in between the two. We were caught in between because we've had we've had such a home poor home record. We were conscious of that, and there was a bit of pressure on us. So we were caught in between going for the jugular and holding on to what we have. Mm. As the game, as the longer I went with one nil, I think we were just we were just wary, you know. We were we just settled to sit in and hold on to what we have, play it play it safe. So we got away with it, thankfully. But look, as you said, this isn't the way. If you look at Everton in two years' time, we're not going to be playing this way. Yeah, it's Carlo. He's so flexible. Like we five or six different formations already this season, and of course it varies on the opposition, you know, their strengths and how we can kind of counteract them. So more often than not, he gets it bang on. But when we do get these extra couple of players, whether we get a forward, a wing, or a right back, or another midfielder, like. It's going to make us even more flexible going forward. And you would hope, you know, that that's when the kind of the balance of the team will be a lot better and we won't be as one-dimensional, kind of relying on Luca Dean to put first-time balls into the box. We'd be able to play down the right side and through the middle and it make us a bit more unpredictable. So you know, once, once we build the rest of the team, I, I'm sure the brand of football is going to... Um, is going to get a lot better. You now, as Colly touched on, Carlo is... He's looked at all the players and he figures this is the best way we're gonna play with the with what he with what we have. Yeah. Whereas other managers like Silva or Martinez, they have this one set formation of how they want to play and one brand of football, regardless of the opposition. And it's it just doesn't work now. So mm-hmm. you know, no, it's it's hard. Like there is times you understand that, but you know, we, we need to be better in possession. When we do have the ball, we don't have a lot of ball. We need to be more efficient and we need to be more clinical. And when we do get a couple of opportunities, I think even there was a Dom. Dom was running through. He won a free kick on the edge of the box. The core burst up the right there. He just had to play him in and he made the wrong ball. He came inside and he won a free kick. Just you have to, top players always make the right decision at the right time in the danger area in the final third. And we're just lacking that little bit kind of in those areas at the minute but these lads are going to keep improving under Carlos stewardship and coaching and with better players added to the squad so I'm sure it, it'll come you know at the end of the day if we finish in the top six this year we you know the summertime we're going to be saying we went from 12 to 6 what a great season like Carlos a 51% win ratio already second behind Howard Kendall after a year Oh, it's that's fantastic, you know. Considering, so I wonder, here's a question for you, lads. Sorry, Joe, to interrupt. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I read an article yesterday after the game, and I, w- I wasn't going to say that on the pod today, I was going to leave it for another pod. But seeing as uh, Chris has mentioned his name, just thousands upon thousands of Everton fans out there who never followed the club under Howard Kendall, 
and he probably was the best in my in my lifetime uh, manager that we've had. Uh, Moyes was good, but none of the rest was anywhere near Howard. Mm. But is Carlo for them generations of Everton fans that maybe weren't even born when, when we won the league in '85? Is Carlo the nearest thing we have now to Howard in your estimation? I I always said for years and years, uh, if you're going to spend big money, the big money should be spent on getting a top, top, top class manager. It's already having like the likes of Lukaku and all these, all, even Hamez. It's already having these great players, but if you haven't got a manager who can put in a system or or, or a coaching way to, to get these players to, to do what they're good at, to get them to their best ability, you have to have a top class manager. And now I think, I said that like when we got him, I think he's the best manager we've had since Howard Kendall. But in the same breath, he'll only be great if we win something. I, I, I'm not going to be little Carlo once you're but trophies are what matters, especially to us. Like the drought we've been on, it's just, it, it, it's scandalous to be honest. But, uh, being it's great It's mission, great to hear him saying he wants to stay as well, I have to say. That's, that's, that's one of the great things that came out last week after mm. the uh, press conference. Someone spoke about the, the move to Bramley Moore. And he said, uh, my contract's up before that, but uh, I'd like to be there, which mm. just, just shows that like, for the next three, four years, I'm going to have one of the best managers ever mm. at our club. It can, it can only be good, Paddy. It yeah. can only be good. Oh, it can only be good. Everything has to fall into place. There's so much more than just Carlo Ancelotti. I know Mashir, he's, he's been throwing money around like a Fetty, but he has to continue to do that because we can't stop. We have to keep going. As much as City are away in front of everybody else with money, uh, like the likes of Chelsea even, but the likes of Man, uh, Man United at Liverpool, even West Ham now, Phil Bob, uh, we just have to stay with them, not not stall. Well, that, well that's my opinion on, on Ancelotti. I just think he's he is the best since Howard Kendall, but Trophies are what matters for me. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're comparable at this stage. I think we need to wait until he's finished if you want to kind of have that comparison. But he's definitely, I suppose, what I see is after the last however many years, I suppose, since Moyes left, that he's consolidated the fan base because you Martinez, Silva, Allardyce, people, you know, it was there was a, a friction a fraction between between a fan base that he was right for the club, he was he wasn't right for the club. And I think Carlos brought everybody kind of together within it and kind of trust in the manager and trust in the direction that the club is going. It, it just takes time. And I think that he, everything he says seems to be kind of geared right. And when you have everybody pulling in the right direction, it makes things an awful lot easier. And look, it's very, very early in his tenure to be kind of making any kind of comparisons to Kendall. But um, yeah, I mean, the foundations are, are going in. And it's it's you know it's it's one step at a time, but I don't think that comparison can be made. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Chris. That uh, bar a couple of gobshites on Twitter and trolls, and you just deal for clickbait. Every single Everton fan is happy to have Carlo Ancelotti have a football club, and anyone who says the aren't is a gobshite, to be honest. Well, I'd fall into the category Collie was talking about. You know, I wouldn't have been uh, I wouldn't have remembered. Howard Kendall, I was only born in 1990, so even when he came back, you know, and 
the 90s when we were kind of struggling a bit fighting relegation and that I wasn't old enough to really know what was going on or mm. when, when we won the cup with Joe Royal you know it was really a clear one until I was eight or nine when I started going over so I mean in my life I'd have to he's the best manager we've had obviously I mean what he's achieved in the game like he's won three Champions Leagues as a manager two as a player one the Bundesliga, you know, La Liga, the same, everything he's, I think he instantly commanded the respect of the dressing room, which, you know, players, uh, managers like Silva, and that probably wouldn't have been younger managers, less experienced, and I haven't achieved anything. So, um, look, yeah, it's probably the best manager I've seen. You know, the way he's, he's respected, anybody that speaks about him, any any of his peers or ex-players or other managers, they've nothing but respect for him and speak highly of him as a as a human and as a you know a humble guy. But it's just as is uh, the way he is with the players. Though, like he's always, it's more like he's their friends as opposed to he's mm. their boss. You know, I just so, wonder. I just wonder is he slightly different in training? Like, would he be a baller, or would he leave that to dunk? That's 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 a. Uh, just to touch back on that on that interview with Colgate and Godfrey, they were saying that he was very calm, very kind of assuring, kind of talking mm. and encouraging, and that Dunk would be doing the, mm. the, the ball. Scrabbing avoid the scruff. <laughs> but you would think they're a good balance, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He does good cop, bad cop. The lad said uh, the lad said he calms them when they need to be calmed and he roils them up when they need to be roiled up, kind of thing. Mm. Or I mean, we come in at half time after playing brutal and you know. Other managers might give out the hairdryer treatment, but he'll come in and just settle everyone down and he'll say a couple of words and mm. that'll be enough. Then yeah. Ferguson, obviously, when you need to be roiled up or maybe coming into a derby game, he's there to let them know what it means and what has to be done. And so I think they're a good balance. And Ferguson's learning from him. You know, listening yeah. to Paul Clements yesterday, um, he was saying about when he worked under Carlo, like the amount of things he took from him when he took over as Swansea and Derby as manager Clements, like just certain situations he found himself in as a manager and he'd think back to oh, Carlo doing this and that situation. So even behind the scenes that we don't see how he is with the players on a personal level and how he looks after them and it's not like a job. He wants to know about their family and everything. Like just the ingredients he puts in behind the scenes, like, you know, a PSG, they didn't have a canteen. They didn't eat dinner together. They ate in a hotel when he took over there. So they, they made sure that all the players start eating together. Like there's so many more things that makes a winning team than just kind of the quality and who goes out on the pitch. It's you know building that bond, the partnerships, the friendship, the trust, the loyalty. So many, so many things go into it. Leadership in terms of if you go back to Sigurdsson, how he trains, how he's professional, vocal leaders, the way Coleman is, he's a captain, he leads by example. So he knows all of these kind of things that it takes to have a winning team and have a winning dressing room. So, I mean, there's no better man to kind of put the squad together and add what's missing to get us to being successful and being a, you know, where, where, where we're aspiring to get to. I think, I think that's part The main thing for him, he's a winner. He knows how to win. He's, he's, he's won. And, like the manager we have had, we're kind of going to segue into the West Brom match. Uh, like Mr. Gravy Pop, I mean, he, he it was just all about him. It wasn't it wasn't about the club. So Carlo, 
like I said, he's won. He's won. Chris said he's won trophies every single where he's gone. And getting back to the original question, Carly, I think he will, as Richie said, he'll be judged when he, when he's finished, and he'll be judged on the uh, trophies. To be honest, Brutally, I think uh, to be honest with Joe, when I was only. It was only a young, a young fella when, when we won the league. But all right, that's all right. It, <laughs> yeah. No, but I just felt old when I read that. And the more and more I thought of it, because Chris said himself, like Chris and the same thing, Chris is born in 90. How many thousands of, of Evertonians didn't see how didn't see that winning team, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. And, and Moyes, obviously Moyes done a good job over the, his tenure there at the club as well. And, in some ways, I think we should always be forever grateful for Moyes because he oh, gave us that, yeah. you know. But just with Carlo, I, I agree with every single comment that's been made. There's just hope, I think, Joe, and and, hope, and I genuinely don't think we're too far away from winning that illustrious cup or mm. trophy or whatever the case may be. Because uh, I do think, not just Carlo, but I think behind the, the scenes at the club, things are right. And yeah. uh, long may it continue. Uh, 100%, 100%. Right, we'll, we'll go into uh, Thursday night's match, Richie. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a kind of horrible, similar to last night, horrible, scabby, they are boring, rubbish, defensive, whatever you want. But uh, there's be, it's going to be a bit of niggle with Mr. Aladocio. Uh, he, he's going to want to get one over us as much as like he did absolutely nothing with us. He's going to want to get one over and, and say, oh, I, I could have done this with that kind of money. He said he said it in a couple of interviews already. Yeah. Before he had that money, uh, when I was at with this stop. Yeah, he's, he, he has a chip in his shoulder about the whole thing. He said, oh, I, think, I don't think it's a chip, pal. I think it's a full-on bag of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he had the money, he'd get us into fourth. But this is his chance to get us into fourth and roll <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> but, 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 um, yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're a poor side. There's no doubting about it. Um, you know the, the way Sam sets up. He's just gonna sit in, defend, and try to get a set piece, and try to try to get something on, on the break and, and defend for his life. To be fair to him, the last couple of weeks they've they've tightened up a bit at the back, but you know I, I think it's just a case of getting the first goal. They're, they're, yeah. They don't get a whole lot, a lot either. I mean, they scrapped for their life the last couple of weeks and got a couple of points. They're unbeaten in three, but I'd be very dis- disappointed and shocked kind of, if we can't kind of. If we can't get over him, you know, despite kind of the, the sound bites that he'll come out with, I don't think that kind of resonates into the dressing room a whole pile. No. You know, we were able to kind of blank it out completely for a derby and stuff like that. I don't think it'll, and a lot of those players, I'd say the respect is is, is minimal for, for, for him, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, it, it'll be tough. You, you, you know, you know what you're going to get. It's just going to be a case of how, how do we break the, these down, given that it's not our strong point as well. But um, you you would expect us to. We will get chances because they are poor, and that and that's kind of what it comes down to. I think their goal difference is minus thirty four, minus thirty five for the season. So you know that they are conceding goals. So you will get chances. We open them up easy enough, kind of earlier on in the season after a couple of scares. But once you get chances, it's just about being clinical, which we are. I mean, our our, our xg, however them things are calculated, is really high. To, so you would expect us to kind of get through it. Uh, I think it's similar to Southampton and possibly the Fulham game going well going into it, not obviously the afterwards. But uh, but they're a poor team, Chris. Uh, the poor at the back, poor, uh, definitely poor up front. So I think it's just a case of us getting the first goal and then the game might 
again, we have to get a second goal like last night. We, we don't want to leave it open. So, but I still think this we should have enough to beat these. There's just a crowd. Just, there's no even player that stands out for me amongst them, to be honest. Hit to just a shower of work horses. That's it. Pete at a home game would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Get our goal difference up a bit. But look, like any game in the league, it's not going to be easy. We know that as poor as they are, anyone could beat anyone on their day. You know, the only drill with United a couple of a week or two ago, they were unlucky not to win. So, I mean, if we're not on it, you know, they'll get a result about us. We have to, you know, we're on a bit of momentum now. We've been really good away from home, and more so against teams that like to have the ball see that's as Rich said West Brom won't want the ball mm. you know in their last 10 games they've had less than 40% possession in their last 10 so they don't like to have the ball at all but it's a weird one because I mean they need to win they, they need to they're in a relegation battle if they don't start winning games they're gone so I mean on one hand you would think these have to come at us they need to win but you know as had said Allardyce he'll just pack the defence he'll he'll park the bus He'll break the game up. It'll be niggly. They'll leave a boot in. They'll try and rough us up. They'll, you know, he does have a, he does have a bitter taste in his mouth after we we dismissed him. So he does hold a grudge there, and he can talk about you know, getting us into the top four all he wants. The two lads he signed, Tos and a Walcott, are bombed out of the club. Mm. Dreadful signings. So, uh, now look. As, as any team that's fighting relegation, you know what you're going to get. They're going to try to win the second balls, be strong from set pieces. And we just have to go get the first goal and be professional and, you know, manage the game well. And then hopefully when they do open up, we will be we will be clinical when we, we get our chances because they've conceded more goals than anybody this season in the league. And if they've had a few hidings at home, especially. So we just can't be complacent because... It's one of them games where we know ourselves we can be in the top four with a win and <laughs> historically we falter when we're in a position like this, you know. So, look, let's hope we can go and get the job done. Please, God. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like the, uh, we have to learn lessons from the Fulham game, Collie. We can't take anybody, as much as I said, they're rubbish and they're crap, and, but we just can't take anything for granted. We have to do our job. We just have to uh, go with this. Yeah, I'm absolutely dreading the game tomorrow night, Joe, to be honest with you. Absolutely dreading. We just have... Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Fulham. You know, we were all, even on this pod, I think some of us maybe gave 3-0 or 4-0 that we'd win against Fulham. And, mm. you know, but let's just hope, obviously, uh, the Liverpool win and then last night's win. And, and as Chris rightly said, we're, we're on a roll and he's going to sit in. So if he's going to sit in, then do you, do you go with the same formation if... If players are available, would you bring back Hamez and Davis? I, 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 think, I, think, that, I think the three. I think the three boys will come back. To be honest, I think I think Coleman could come in. Yeah, I agree with you, yeah. Joe, and, and and add the width then with with our, our left full and with Dina and and Coleman and or does he go four three three? You know, again, I'm not going to second guess Carlo because I'm wrong every time. You know, does he bring back Wobi in, into the fold? Um, would you have Davis, Decorey, and? Sigerson in it or would you go with Gomez you know just just questions to be asked here but I can see him going with the same formation uh, with Hamez just in behind because I think Hamez would, would give us that little bit of magic that we may need to, to break these down because these aren't going to go forward at all these are just going to sit in and hope to hit us on the break and again 
they've some big players and set pieces will be a big thing and Chris has already highlighted that we're averaging about 10 corners conceding per game you know um, some of these boys are big particularly the, I think the two centre halves are quite big so they could get a scabby corner and goal and, and then if they go ahead they just defend for the life Joe and, and you know we've already yeah. mentioned it here we're not great at picking teams off or breaking teams down so oh yeah I'm, I'm saying it's a game I'm not looking forward to I'm actually looking forward more to the Chelsea game away yeah. next Monday than I am uh, tomorrow night to be honest yeah. with you I think it's going to be another one of these horrible scabby matches Rich to be honest similar to last night it won't be on any highlights reel well I hope it is we, we stuffed them 5 or 6 nil, but we just can't see it being an open entertaining game and we just need to we need, like I said earlier there's two Everton's we need to show this Everton that that go with teams have, have a go score, score one or two goals and then just relax yeah, it'd be nice, but I, I don't know if we have personnel. Kind of, that's I suppose where we've been, where we're caught, kind of between the two stools, and why we're why Collie would be preferring to play Chelsea, where we know we'll sit in and try to catch them on the break. But mm. I don't think it's a game we can be worried about. Yes, it is a potential banana skin or whatever, you know. But you, you have to be confident of beating one of the worst teams yeah. in the league. You know, it's not something we should be saying. Oh, you know, this is something we we, we have to be confident. Ah. Look, there is no easy game, but I, but we have a, a lot more quality than them in every position. And, you know, it's time to be confident and say, right, there's an opportunity to go forth, whether it's for a couple of hours or however long, and we need mm-hmm. to go and stamp our authority and make it happen. Kind of, yeah, and you said, put it to bed early, you know, get the cigars out. But just the way they play, I think unless you kind of get a couple early and, and they fall to pieces, but yeah. I mean, they're, they have two clean sheets on the back, on, the, on, on back-to-back now as well, so they, you know, they're, they're tight, you know, and they just don't want to concede, you know, and, and, try, and trying to hang into games and pick up points, but I, I think that they need wins, you know, points are no good to them at this stage, you no. know, they're, they're pretty much gone. I, I, think they're, I think they're nine points off safety now to say, so they're going to they're gonna have to come out with some stage and have a go, so That's hopefully it. tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow is the one and we can just, just get in amongst them. And if we can get the first goal, it just yeah. it shows they're That's getting key. the window, yeah. Yeah, the first goal is the key, because if they get the first goal, I, I just think it's going to be a horror show, really, really will, but... Just on the last few games as well, we seem to start, you know, you take the early goal against Liverpool, the early goal against um, last night, you know, that they're, yeah, they're, you know, it's what we haven't been doing of recent as well. We have been really sluggish. So, you know, I think if you can get an early start as well, it sets us up and it just, it it sets the tempo for the game as well. Or, you know, especially against a side like this that need to come out and, and get something. So the onus is on us really. Yeah, I, I think, listen, similar to Southampton and Fulham, like I said, it's up to us. This it, this game will be dictated by us, not by what West Brom do. So I think we just need to just have a go early. Like I said, we've been doing the last couple of games. Get in amongst them early, get the goal, and then take it from there. Right, we'll get into uh, predictions. Oh, uh, Chris, start with you. West Brom, nil, Everton, 1-0. One. One, I think it's going to be one of these scabby ones as well. Collie? Uh, I'm going to go with this prediction that I went for last night, Joe. Uh, 2-0 to the Blues with Richarlison scoring again. 2-0. Okie dokie. Rich? Um, I will go 3-1. 3-1, Evan. 3-1. Okay. This game's getting more exciting by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 2 like 
Collie. I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, oh, sorry. You say 2 nil, Collie? It was Chris. Yeah, 2-0. Two, no, yeah. Two yeah, yeah. We just think we'll, again, we'll get the goal. and got, Like you said, Richie, they have to. Points are no good to these lads. So I think if we get an early goal, uh, they're going to have to come out and then we'll kind of defend for our lives, 60 corners, and then get a, a late one, 2 nil. So uh, I don't think... I, I genuinely don't think we'll lose this game or even draw. I, th- I think it'll be a... It's just a horrible, horrible... It's real Halloween-y kind of game. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's just a... It, I can smell it from here. It's just a rotten game. But uh, just get in, get the three points and get out. So that's all I'm on. Uh, okay, just before we go, I just want to uh, mention a bit of sad news today. Uh, Ex-Liverpool player, Ian St. John, uh, passed away this morning. Uh, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, probably well before your time, boys. But uh, even when, he, like when he's playing, he's a little bit before my time. But I remember him as most people do from great Saturday morning show, Saint and Greavesy. Uh, very, very funny show. So uh, a bit, of, a bit of sad news to end the pod on today. But uh, hopefully, we're talking now on Friday about good news. Uh, another win for Everton. Well, thanks very much for today, boys. We talked this hopefully after a win against West Brom and Mr. Gravy Pot has gone back into the weather spoons. Right, see you boys, take it easy. All right, lads. All right, lads, take care. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website at www.irish-toffees.com. We'll talk to you next time. Up the toffees.